Good morning, friends. Today is Tuesday, the 26th of January, 2021. Today we commemorate Timothy and Titus. Our readings are Psalms 45, Isaiah 48, 12 through 21, Galatians 1, 18 through 1 through 2:10, and the Gospel of Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. I will give you as a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation, and so, we, so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, Let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God has shown forth their glory. Come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to God with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, Let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. God has shown forth their glory. Oh, come, let us worship. Psalm 45 My heart overflows with a goodly theme. I address my verses to the ruler. My tongue is like the pen of a ready scribe. You are the most handsome of people. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your thigh, O mighty one, in your glory and majesty. In your majesty ride on victoriously for the cause of truth and to defend the right. Let your right hand teach you dread deeds. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the sovereign's enemies. The peoples fall under you. Your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. 
Your royal scepter is a scepter of equity. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are all fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia. From ivory palaces, stringed instruments make you glad. The children of sovereigns are among your people of honor. At your right hand stands your companion in gold of Ophir. Hear, O companion, consider and incline your ear. Forget your people and your parents' house, and the sovereign will desire your beauty. Since they is your sovereign, bow to them. The people of Tyr will seek your favor with gifts, the richest of the people with all kinds of wealth. The companion is decked in their chamber with gold-woven robes. In many colored robes they is led to the sovereign. Behind them, the virgins, the companion's companions, follow. With joy and gladness they are led along as they enter the palace of the sovereign. In the place of ancestors you, O sovereign, shall have descendants. You will make them rulers in all the earth. I will cause your name to be celebrated in all generations. Therefore, the peoples will praise you forever and ever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. Listen to me, O Jacob and Israel, whom I called. I am the one. I am the first and the last. My hand laid the foundation of the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I summon them, they stand at attention. Assemble, all of you, and hear. Who among them has declared these things? God loves them. God shall perform God's purpose on Babylon, and God's arm shall be against the Chaldeans. I, even I, have spoken and called Cyrus. I have brought them, and they will prosper in their way. Draw near to me, hear this. From the beginning, I have not spoken in secret. From the time it came to be, I have been there. And now God has sent me, and God's Spirit. Thus says God, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am your sovereign God, who teaches you for your own good, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your prosperity would have been like a river, and your success like the waves of the sea. Your offspring would have been like the sand, and your descendants like its grains. Their name would never be cut off or destroyed from before me. Go out from Babylon, free from Chaldea. Declare this with a shout of joy. Send it forth to the end of the earth. Say, God has redeemed God's servant Jacob. They did not thirst when God led them through the deserts. God made water flow for them from the rock.
God split open the rock and the water gushed out. There is no peace, says God, for the wicked. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle B, A Song of Pilgrimage Before I ventured forth, even while I was very young, I sought wisdom openly in my prayer. In the forecourts of the temple I asked for her, and I will seek her to the end. From first blossom to early fruit, she has been the delight of my heart. My foot has kept firmly to the true path. Diligently from my youth have I pursued her. I inclined my ear a little and received her. I found for myself much wisdom and became adept in her. To the one who gives me wisdom will I give glory, for I have resolved to live according to their way. From the beginning I gained courage from her. Therefore, I will not be forsaken. In my inmost being I have been stirred to seek her. Therefore, have I gained a good possession. As my reward, the Almighty has given me the gift of language, and with it will I offer praise to God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the letter to the Galatians. Then after three years I did go up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas, and stayed with him fifteen days. But I did not see any other apostle except James, Jesus' brother. In what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard it said, The one who formerly was persecuting us is now proclaiming the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. Then, after fourteen years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up in response to a revelation. Then I laid before them, though only in a private meeting with the acknowledged elders, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles, in order to make sure that I was not running, or had not run, in vain. But even Titus, who was with me, was not compelled to be circumcised, though he was a Greek, but because of false believers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might enslave us. We did not submit to them even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might always remain with you. And from those who are supposed to be acknowledged leaders, what they actually were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those leaders contributed nothing to me. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel for the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel for the circumcised, for he who worked through Peter, making him an apostle to the circumcised, also worked through me in sending me to the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John, who were acknowledged pillars, recognized the grace that had been given to me, they gave to Barnabas and me the right hand of fellowship, agreeing that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. They asked only one thing, that we remember the poor, which was actually what I was eager to do.
Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle M, A Song of Faith Blessed be the God and Creator of our Savior Jesus Christ. By divine mercy we have a new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we have an inheritance that is imperishable in heaven. The ransom that was paid to free us was not paid in silver or gold, but in the precious blood of Christ, the Lamb without spot or stain. God raised Jesus from the dead and gave Jesus glory so that we might have faith and hope in God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Jesus left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, Where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter? the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And Jesus could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them, and he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. Jesus ordered the disciples to take nothing for their journey, except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. Jesus said to them, Whenever, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit. She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. I'm going to share a few thoughts on the readings now. It's always a little bit awkward putting, and I wouldn't call this a sermon, but putting the sermon or putting 
thoughts on the readings into morning prayer, it doesn't, it's not a liturgy that has that space planned in it. So forgive me. I mean, you guys know I'm awkward at the best of times. So, (laughs) but this morning when I was attempting to use inclusive language for the reading of the Psalm, it occurred to me that, you know, this Psalm is, is a Psalm about a Royal wedding, right? We could really, it came to me when I was, when I was talking about the bride or the princess as the companion, um, which was just the word that came to me at the moment. Um, I, I, I suppose I could say partner as well. There, there are other synonyms I could have used, but you know, our recent inauguration and this Psalm have a lot in common, I think. The wedding is is a covenant, as described in the psalm, not only between the ruler and their companion, but also between the ruler, companion, and people. And so too do I think the inauguration, which also has its own pomp and circumstance and ceremony and tradition, and one might even say liturgy, definitely had prayers, right, is a public covenant of the relationship between the president and vice president and the people. So I think we can read this like a prayer for us going forward. And I really, I think that's what I really like about using more inclusive language that we get the prescribed rolls out of our mind and it kind of frees up some space for us to think about things from a new perspective. It broadens our perspective, I guess what I would say. And for me, it helped me today to see beyond the Psalm as a commemoration of a Royal wedding and to a public confirmation of a relationship between a leader, between leaders and their people, I should say. And just as the psalmist celebrates this new union and these relationships, I think so too, perhaps we ought to let ourselves celebrate new relationships that are being built in our country. Well, actually, in in more than just our country, it's more than just America, right? We have new leadership, so it's both internal and external. And I would ask, friends, that we really pray into those relationships. I think we can really use some focused prayer right there. And as we go forward, I think we should heed the words of Isaiah, that we should listen to the prophets, that we should hear what the prophets among us have to say, and with the discernment of the Holy Spirit, together decide how we act upon these prophecies. Because we do, we have prophets among us, everyone from an inaugural poet 
to policy advisors. I think there's all kinds of prophets and all kinds of prophecy. And as we've talked about in the past, there are also false prophets, but that's why we have the Holy Spirit. That's why we have discernment to help us. So let's sift through all of these words, all of these prophecies, all of these plans with the help of the Holy Spirit, determine what is holy and right and just and aligned with God's will. And then let's pray it into action. Let's pray it into being. Let's pray through this season, my friends. Our reading from Galatians reminds us that we use different approaches. It's the same gospel that Paul and Peter preached, but they preached it in context, a little bit differently to the Gentiles than the Jews. I think that in order to come to people where they are, in order to meet and be met, this works both for ourselves and for others, we need to listen first. I think as we sit down to our prayer time with God, we need to listen to our inner selves. We need to be still and hear what we are saying in the sacred silence of our own souls and understanding where we are at that moment enter into conversation with God. And then I think the same works for other people. I think most of us have an innate desire to help. Before you can help, you must understand where those that you're trying to help are at this moment. And I I really think the only way to do that is to listen. To listen openly. May we practice that today. Uh Uh-oh, that means God's probably going to give us an opportunity to practice. May that be blessed. (laughs) And then I think, you know, we're provided a counter example to this, the example not to follow in our reading from Mark, where Jesus, the folks in Jesus's hometown, they don't listen. You know, we've talked a lot about being willing to see and hear God's presence through unexpected sources, right? And I, I think a lot of the a lot of the time lately we've been talking about that as, you know, from from those who have been disenfranchised, you know, from the stranger, from the enslaved. But also I think sometimes we assume that we know all there is to know about something familiar. And so we're we're not open to a surprise. So let's not let's not discount the familiar either here. Cuz sometimes God speaks in new ways and sometimes God speaks new things in old ways. I think as we sift through that of our government, culture, 
in society that needs to be thrown away, needs to be burnt, never to return. Maybe we don't throw everything out, but maybe we put it in the refiner's fire and we burn off all the dross until what's left is the more pure metal. And then we fashion that into a structure worth standing on. There's a whole lot of and both, right? But I think it's really important that we let go what needs to be let go and we keep only what is holy, only what is good, only what leads toward consolation. But not nobody and nothing is irredeemable. God can work amazing miracles, transformative miracles. Jesus could have worked a miracle even in his hometown. Isaiah tells us that the people would have been blessed if they'd listened to the prophet. I think really the only FOMO worth having is a holy FOMO, right? Not wanting to miss out on God's word. I will tell you this. God's chances are infinite. If we miss it the first time, God will tell us again. But I'd much rather hear it the first time, right? Isn't that the goal? Certainly is a lot more blessing and a less pain to do it that way. So I guess that's my prayer for us too, that we hear and act, that we recognize the holy right away. And I don't think Jesus, it's probably not the best way to say this, but Jesus tells his disciples not to waste time, to go where they can be heard to expend their effort and energy. And I think this is a good lesson for us because just because we want it doesn't mean it's the right time, right? We might desperately want for our coworkers, friends, and family to receive the message of love. But sometimes we can transmit all we want. We can tune our frequency. We can do everything in our power to be a conduit of that message of God's love. But if the receiver's not turned on, if it's not receiving, if it doesn't want to receive, there's not a lot we can do about that. So we shake off the dust, we mark it, and we go forward. It might be somebody else's turn, or it might be another time. But we expend our energy in the places where it can be received. And I think, again, this is true both internally and externally. Sometimes we waste a lot of time and energy on the things that we cannot change right now. And we maybe should take a lesson about moving on to what we, where we can have good impact you know, I think about, um, oh gosh, I forget who the author was, but wrote this book called Strength Finder. And the premise was that rather than expend so much energy working on our flaws, 
we should expend energy honing our strengths that we'll get a lot better return there and then kind of everything will rise together, right? Our strengths will naturally compensate for our weaknesses. I think that's an interesting concept. And I think that maybe there's, again, a balance, a lesson to be learned, right? Like we... Physically, if we've got one good leg and one injured one, we don't ignore the injured one and just work on the good one, right? We, we do the healing. And it tells us this in the gospel. It says that Jesus could do no deed of power there in his hometown, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. So I think this is the balance, right? Healing and moving forward where we can, where the opportunity is there, where the context is not just permissive, but welcoming, right? Where the ground is fallow. I think I probably waxed on a little bit too long about that, but thank you for listening to me this morning, my friends. I I hope that we all have hope and faith to go forward and with patience and compassion, do the work of love. Amen. As our prayers and suffrages today, we are going to use those beginning on page 12 of the Iona Abbey Worship Book. Into your care, O God, we place those whom we love, those for whom we worry, those from whom in time or place or affection we are distant. Into your care, O God, we place what grieves us and what inspires us and fills us with hope. Into your care, O God, we give ourselves. God bless to us our bodies. God bless to us our souls. God bless to us our lives. God bless to us our belief. Let us share the prayer that Jesus taught us in our own language or preferred version. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us in the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May the blessing of light be upon us, light without and light within. May the moon, sun, and stars shine on us and warm every heart till it glows like a great fire, so that strangers and friends may come in and find welcome. May light shine out from our eyes like a candle set in a window, and may God bless us with goodness and loving kindness. Amen. The Collect for this, the third week after the Epiphany. Give us grace, O God, to answer readily the call of our Savior Jesus Christ, 
and proclaim to all people the good news of Christ's salvation, that we and the whole world may perceive the glory of God's marvelous works, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Collect for the Nation. This is number 17 of the Contemporary Collects found on page 258 of the Book of Common Prayer, if you wish to find it on your own. Sovereign God Almighty, you have made all the peoples of the earth for your glory, to serve you in freedom and in peace. Give to the people of our country a zeal for justice and the strength of forbearance, that we may use our liberty in accordance with your gracious will. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A Collect for the Renewal of Life O God, Sovereign Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let us use as our prayer for mission the prayer attributed to St. Francis. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Now, my friends, let us pause and in the sacred silence, lift up those whom the Holy Spirit has placed upon our hearts for prayer. Let us circle them in love. Let us hold them in the light. Amen. Let us say together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, giver of all mercies, we, your co-creators, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. 
but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Savior Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And, we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. In the prayer of St. Chrysostom, Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of us. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The wisdom of God, the love of God, and the grace of God strengthen us to be Christ's hands and heart in this world. In the name of the Holy Trinity. Amen.